Welcome to Grind, Grind, Sell, Sell, Elevate, Elevate, with your host, Tizer Evans, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the top minds in all areas of business, entrepreneurship, sales, and leadership. Let's elevate together. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This is your host, Ty, and I'm here with Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you? Doing good, man. Um... It's nice to come on the show and kind of catch up. So I know, yeah. we, you know, when you came on my show, we had a lot of fun. So uh, I know it's going to be a good one. So stick around. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, cool. Well, we were just chatting. So I know you're the CRO of SalesCast. You've got your podcast, Sales Transformation. Um, I know you're involved in a couple other companies as well. Um, but I'd love to get, I don't really know too much about your background. I know obviously you have a heavy emphasis like me in sales, but uh, yeah. What was your lineage into sales and talk, walk us through your background a little bit? Yeah. So I'll take, you know, kind of before sales, right. To give a little context, uh, I was raised by a single mom, grew up, you know, poor food stamps, you know, check to check, you know, sometimes we came up short, didn't have the rent, got kicked out, like moved around a lot as a kid. Um, my dad was never around and uh, just had, you know, had a, a tough, tough time growing up, you know, and uh, nobody really told me that college was important. I frankly barely made it through high school. And so, you know, you've, you've been doing the podcast for a while and I'm sure you've heard, you know, the typical sales story is like, Hey, I went to school and did this thing and hated it. So I got into sales or yeah. uh, the economy was in a bad place. And the only job I could get was a sales job or I had this plan and this plan and sales was my fallback plan, right? That's kind of the, I would say probably 80 plus percent of people in sales, their story sounds something like one of those. Yeah. Um, and mine's a little different, right? It was like, I had no other chances, no other opportunity, no other doors open. Sales was it for me. I had to beg and plead to get my first sales job from my stepdad. And uh, once, you know, uh, I wasn't the most... Uh, responsible young adult, right? So it took a while just for him to trust, even putting his neck out there for me to get my first sales job. And once I did, like, I just knew it was my way out from not living the way that I had lived growing up. And I made the most of it, you know, and I was young, didn't have a family, didn't have hot, you know, a lot going on. And I just put everything into it. So I was the first one in the office. I was the last one to leave every day. I got my list ready on Saturdays and sent out proposals and worked my way up to the top pretty quickly. Yeah, it's amazing how you can do that in sales if you really put in the effort and you become a student of the game. I think that's the part. The only reason I, I started my podcast was because I wanted to help salespeople. I'm like, I've just never found it to be that difficult if you just care. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you got to have something that drives you, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be, hey, maybe you're super passionate about the problem that you solve. You know, if you're fortunate to have that, that's not always the case. Um, or maybe like me, you know, I just, I knew that <laughs> there wasn't any other, if that didn't work out, like there was no fallback plan for me. It had right. to work, you know? Yeah. Um, I didn't have education to fall back on. I didn't have other opportunities and I was like, this has to work. Right. And so if your back is up against the wall, like, and you have to perform, you do. Right. Um, What's well, like my shirt. It, <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Burn the ships, um, right? Like you don't have any other option. Yeah. I even like, uh, something that <clears throat> I had Kevin Dorsey on recently and, and, uh, 
you know, he said something that stuck with me, chips on shoulders, put chips in pockets, you know? And so, so yeah, man, I worked my way up to the top there pretty quick. And my manager said, you know, I, I thought, you know, oh, I want to, the next logical step after being a top producer is like, I want to have a team. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, so I told my manager this and he was like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you'll get a team. And, you know, they kept hiring more people. And I was like, you know, when am I going to get to get my team? You know, I thought I wanted a team, thought I was ready. Um, and it just, they just never, you know, they kind of promised and never delivered. So at some point I, you know, moved on and went and managed a team, even though I wasn't ready. Um, and, you know, made a lot of mistakes and learned and, and, uh, learned a little more business acumen and in, in, in a VP of sales position. And then eventually in, uh, 2010, my wife and I started our first company together and was built an outbound sales team, grew that to 5 million in 26 months, wow. spent $0 on marketing, nothing fancy, but a CRM and a phone. It's amazing. That's, that's, that's incredible. What were you selling before your first uh, gig? Yeah. So pretty much the first gig, the second gig and the first company that I started is pretty much doing the same thing. Right. So, um, we sold office equipment, Mm -hmm. um, supplies, consumables, um, hardware, software, I mean, all kinds of technology products that, and we mainly would sell into schools and government agencies for the most part. Interesting. So uh, what were some of your big takeaways? <laughs> or let me ask you, I guess this is a better question because there's a lot of younger, newer salespeople that listen to this. Yeah. What were some of the things or people you started listening to or books that you read or, you know, some of your first aha moments in sales? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, is um, in the beginning of my sales career, I really, uh, I didn't, I didn't read a lot of books or I didn't like mm-hmm. follow a lot of people. I was just like this kind of stubborn, like make a mistake and figure it out type of style, right? which I don't yeah. recommend, you know, and, and the unfortunate part of taking that sort of path, if maybe you're, you know, somebody is, is stubborn as me, um, is that you learn some good things and then you also learn some not so good things. And then you got to unlearn those things, you know? Yeah. And so, example is, you know, there was somebody on the sales floor saying something and he was closing deals and putting up numbers. So I just started saying it. I'm like, Hey, it's working for him. Why wouldn't it work for me? And it worked. And then somebody who had been around a little longer said, you really should stop saying that. I'm like, what do you mean? Have you seen the board? Like it's working clearly. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but it's not true. You're lying to them. Jesus. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you you kind of have to find your own path and everybody wants like the silver bullet or whatever. And eventually I think there's sort of an evolution of people in sales, right? Like in the beginning, like you just do whatever you have to do to get the job done and like get on the board so you don't get fired, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And then eventually like you learn, you pick up some things from other people, you kind of make them your own you find out what works, what doesn't work, what you like and what you don't. Um, and, and, and you kind of, you know, evolve over time where um, eventually, you know, I started to follow certain people on social media, read certain blogs, podcasts, you know, books, all that sort of stuff. And started to figure out what felt most comfortable for me and my style and way of selling and how I wanted to, you know, um, sort of be known by my prospects and, and customers. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. And, and that, it makes sense too, because I mean, when I got into sales, I don't know, for me, it's 2004, 2005, right? So before 
really, I mean, it was right when Facebook, I joined Facebook October, 2005. So, you know, to people 15 years ago, it seems weird now, but we just didn't have the tools and resources. There wasn't the influencer thing, sales books, they're out there, but no one really talked about them, at least to me. No one said, hey, go read this book, kid. I was just kind of like, shit. The only thing I I knew that made sense to me was just like, whoever was in the top three, I just wanted to go spend time with them and figure out, figure out what they were doing. How, How important was mentorship for you? You know, not, not too much. I mean, I, 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 there were some people that, you know, um, did well and and I just kind of mirrored what they did and it worked out sometimes and it didn't. Um, but you know, there's just one thing. And I think this is something that often gets overlooked, especially by like newer salespeople, something that stuck with me early on and something that my stepdad actually told me, he's like, just outwork your competition and you'll be fine. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's that simple, right? Or like when you're making a lot of calls and you're 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 eating a lot of rejection for breakfast, you know, like just simple mantras like hey, some will and some won't next call, you know. Yeah. Like cuz it's so hard for a lot of people early in sales to not take what happened in the last call into the next call, right? So like you have one bad call and then you take that energy, you take that negativity into the next call and then you're wondering like why did I just have a whole day of bad calls? man, that was some of the best advice. I'll never forget. When I, I worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car my first two years out of college and my area manager, Jason Polk, good guy. I think he works for Edward Jones now. And um, he told me the same thing. I had real bad temper, especially in my early twenties and mm-hmm. I was wildly competitive. So, you know, if I took, you know, a couple L's in a row, you start mm-hmm. to see me get fired up and he could tell then it would just ruin my whole day. And then I would come in pissed off the next day about the bad day that I had. And so he told me, you know, he's just like, hey, man, don't let a bad, to your point, a bad sale turn into a bad day, bad day, a bad week, bad week, bad month. Right. And I always took that to heart moving forward that, yeah, you just got to shake it off. Was that a hard process for you to be able to learn how to deal with the rejection? Not so much. And and I'd say mainly because like, man, I had a tough childhood, like, like for real, like, so somebody telling me no over the phone, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? It was, you know, in comparison to the things that I had dealt with as a kid, like I seen my mom get shot. Like I oh, seen, Jesus. you know, my dad get arrested, you know, many times, um, you know, and it was like, somebody telling me no on the phone, like, so what? <laughs> Like, yeah. I'm just going to make the great. Now I don't have to call you back. I'm going to make the next call. <laughs> you know, I mean, the ups and downs of sales, especially early on is tough. Like, I'm, if, I'm not going to say that it's not, but, you know, your previous experiences leading up to that are going to really depend on, you know, how difficult it is for you. Um, and I believe, you know, like as rough as my childhood was, um, I wouldn't change any of it. Now I wouldn't wish any of it upon my own kids, sure. um, but I wouldn't change of it because it's, you know, kind of molded me into who I am today and been able to accomplish, you know, quite a lot more than I ever thought was possible. Um, and I think that, you know, having sort of that grit and resilience and that sort of, you know, experience where it's like things that would stress some people out. I'm like, so what, this is not a big deal. <laughs> I, I can totally, um, relate to that in a lot of ways uh, that, that we can talk about offline, but I appreciate you sharing that because um, it, it is a beautiful story how you just kind of picked yourself up. You found your way. What, how was that transition going from sales to entrepreneurship? Yeah, it was, um, you know, I was pretty fortunate. Like I, 
when I took a VP of sales position and was able to build a team and hire people and like learn a little bit more about like, there's more to a business than just, you know, selling a deal and, you know, being up on the board and getting a commission check. Um, I was fortunate enough to work for an awesome person, uh, Jason, and we had just a handshake deals like, Hey, I'll come here. You know, uh, I don't know if we can curse on here or not, but I will work my ass off for you, you know, and I will drive a ton of revenue and I'll give it everything I got. But for, for whatever reason, and, you know, cause I kind of had like a bad experience exiting the other company for whatever reason, they took it very personal that I was leaving, mm. even though I was super grateful and thanked them. They were very upset that I was leaving for whatever reason. And so I was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to go here. I'm going to give it all I got. But for some reason, you know, cause you just never know, you know, it may or may not work out if for some reason, um, cause I was able to, you know, bring some, some top accounts with me. I said, if, if, if I, uh, if it doesn't work out. I want to be able to at least, you know, take my accounts that I'm sort of bringing with me. And he's, we shook hands and he honored that deal when the time came and I drove a bunch of revenue and I did everything that I said I would do. And I hired people and trained them. And, um, I was able to walk away with some of my accounts. Now, not everybody can do that. Um, you know, um, but I was pretty fortunate where I wasn't like totally just starting from zero, you know, and my wife and I, our first office was in our, one bedroom apartment in our living room, like moved our dining room table, like slapped two desks in there and just like totally grinded it out day in, day out until we could, you know, hire our first person and then get our first office. And then, you know, and, and it was a tough business because dealing with schools and government, like they're all on terms, right? So like they, they, you know, sometimes 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, right? And it's a new business. We're hiring, we're growing. And a lot of times, like we had to pay sales rep commissions, we had to pay vendors and we had to pay everything and then like wait for money, you know, for 60, 90 days. Schools and government, they they always pay, but they never pay on time. Right. You know, so like there was a lot of hurdles of like managing cash flow and learning and having to deal with all these problems that you know you have to learn kind of as a first-time entrepreneur. That sounds exciting though, to some extent. Yeah, it was good, man. We we got our first little office, hired a few people, grew to that, hired another office. I mean, when they moved into a bigger office and then, you know, said, Hey, we need to knock this wall down because we need more space. And, you know, we had, you know, 20 plus people that I was able to, you know, train and work with. And we just heavily relied on the phones and, you know, we, um, had, you know, good technology to make things easy and simple for our customers and, and, and for our sales reps, I was really big in investing in like tools and things to make, you know, job easier, you know, us have a salesperson's mindset. So I was like, sure. anything that's going to make our reps more efficient, you know, um, but we didn't get fancy. We didn't spend any money on marketing. We didn't do any of that, um, which was, and it was kind of, you know, my first sales job, like it, it wasn't that the technology did exist. Um, but like when I started that job, they're like, Hey, here's a list of people to call. Uh, here's, there's the phone, here's the script and don't use the CRM. Cause it doesn't work. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like we literally, our leads were on three by, I think they're like, I don't know, three by five, three by six cards. Huh? Like we wrote down our leads on cards and like, you'd have a stack of cards, like that's your calls for the day. <laughs> that's incredible. And I th- that's, yeah. it's, it's, well, that's, you know, one of those things that's still true to this day. I mean, we've got incredible technology to make us way more efficient, you know, than 10 years ago. But at the end of the day, still the most powerful thing people can do is pick up the fucking phone and dial. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can, you can do it like 
there's all these people like, oh, cold calling sucks. Cold calling's dead. This that, and the other, and it's so not true. Uh, it's actually, you know, let them keep thinking that because, yeah. then, you know, then it keeps it continues to work well for those who aren't scared to pick up the phone. Um, you know, LinkedIn's great, email's great, but like you're still gonna make most of your sales or your deals or your meetings means like over the phone, like those other channels are great. And they're really just to tee up and warm up those calls. That's the way I like to look at it. I totally agree. I mean, that's a, I, um, the team before we we're talking about, I made a transition uh, this last year, but the team before that, you know, that we talked about when I was on your podcast, yeah, I drove from 8 million to 25 million in 20 months. And, wow. and we took on a couple additional hires and whatnot, but they were, you know, rookie reps and people were like, well, we didn't have a marketing budget. The marketing was a pick up the fucking phone and dial. And so yeah. I was, you know, I was, I was like, they're like, well, how did you do it? I was like, well, we uh, tripled the amount of calls and we doubled the amount of opportunities. And sure enough, you know, the business rolled in. It was just, it wasn't like a, like you said, there was no silver bullet. It was just really just got in. You just grinded every day and the results eventually came. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this phone reluctance is a big problem with a lot of, uh, in a lot of sales organizations. And I honestly just don't get it. I mean, uh, I even do a, a, a weekly LinkedIn live, uh, where we just do live cold calls and we bring on different people to take ownership in writing the script, um, and take, let them coach us on the calls. And it's a lot of fun now to be fair, you know, we have really good data going into those calls and then we have really good technology that we're using so that we can basically do like a whole day's worth of prospecting in one hour. Um, and you know, with, with avoiding, you know, gatekeepers, phone trees, voicemails, all that other stuff that can be frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what is that? So people can jump on. Yeah. It's every Wednesday, 10 to 11. Uh, Pacific every Wednesday. So okay, cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll make a note of that in the show notes in case anybody forgets and wants to check it out. Uh, talk to us a little bit about SalesCast. You know, what prompted that? Uh, what do you, what's your mission there? Yeah, so you know, we're we're a revenue first uh, podcast agency. I hate using the term agency, but it just uh, you know people understand what that means, right? So sure. we offer managed podcast services. So whether people are launching a show. Um, need somebody to grow their show, uh, looking to monetize their show. So we're really helping our clients <clears throat> have a strategy that drives revenue for them in their business or in their role. So we have like enterprise AEs that have podcasts with us. We have, you know, entrepreneurs that have podcasts with us, you know, sales thought leaders, e-commerce companies, you name it. Um, but we're really focused on like, because there's 2.6 million podcasts mm-hmm. you, know, you you've been doing a while. Only half of them still release episodes today. And yeah. that's because it, there's a lack of strategy from day one. Um, you know, if they figured out how to get the podcast to actually make money for them, pretty good chance that they would still be doing it. So we're really focused on that. So yeah, we make awesome content. We repurpose it in many different ways. Um, but we're also, you know, we, you know, we're a team of 11, right? And we have over 40 shows that we manage. Um, and so, you know, I have the CRO role, right? As the co-founder, one of the co-founders. Um, but I kind of have to wear that hat with our clients too. It's like, how do we drive revenue for this show? Um, and that's a big focus of what we do. And we're meeting with them regularly and, you know, uh, helping them, you know, adjust that strategy or implement a strategy or coaching and mentoring on that as well. That's awesome. I mean, I, I get hit up a lot about, you know, hey, let us take a look at your show, yada, yada, yada. And I, and I have met with, uh, and maybe we should talk. So I have met with several, you know, agencies yeah. and firms and I'm always, they're always kind of like, well, you know, 
it's it's always like a, a I feel like a cat and mouse a little bit with them. There's no real clear strategy, so I'm always kind of walk away going, I'm not I'm not sure who's on the winning side of this or how we're yeah. doing the deal. It's it's very confusing. Um, I've had a lot of really interesting conversations, so that's awesome that you're doing that because that is a huge area of need in yeah. this community, big time. Yeah, and you know we <clears throat> it's. A lot of people view podcasting as just a marketing activity, and that's typically where they go wrong. Podcasting can be a sales activity. It can be a sales and marketing activity. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can be a relationship building tool. Like what relationships matter most to you right now? Like, are you trying to find partners? Are you trying to find new clients? Are you trying to land a new job? Like (laughs) whatever it is, there's, you know, podcast allows you to open doors a bit, you know, easier. Um, I don't care what type of outreach you do. If you're good at it, you know, maybe you get 10% that say, Hey, let's have a conversation. You know, if you're inviting people on a show, delivering a good experience, um, you're adding value from day one, you're collaborating, creating content together. It's just a different relationship. And most people get that part right, but they just don't know what to do after. And so typically what that looks like is, Hey, come on my show. Um, Hey, promote my content. And then just, you never hear from them again. Uh, and it's a huge missed opportunity. So if you're really intentional about your targeting and like really nailing the guest experience, then there's some pretty interesting things that you can do. I totally agree. And, and for me, it's just been, a, I haven't maximized it the way I should probably from a monetization standpoint, and maybe it wasn't my, it was never really my focus or goal, but just from a networking standpoint, like I see Cutter's book in the background. Right. Yeah. And, and we both know Jason and um, you know, like he introduced me to somebody else who then was doing a book project. And that was something I always wanted to do was yeah. to write a book. So I did a little chapter in that. And then it just, you know, through osmosis of getting to linked up with cooler people um, and it's just, it's been the amount of opportunity I've had from a networking standpoint has been unbelievable. Something I couldn't have ever imagined uh, when, when I started three and a half years ago. And I'm happy I started talking to people because for a long time, it was just me talking to myself on a microphone. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always interesting people that do the, uh, the solo act for a while. And then many of the people talk to, um, I've been fortunate to be, uh, some podcast first guest when I've like convinced them like, dude, you need to have guests. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a huge, just missed opportunity, you know? Um, it's, it's always interesting. Uh, I think a lot of people eventually either convert to having guests or having guests at least occasionally or having a mix of both, or they just give up and stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I told, and I did 95 by myself. You know, it was, yeah, uh, that's it was, more it than most. That's more than most. Man. I think most mo- the the average, you know, p the average show uh, gives up before like eight ten episodes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> glad I didn't, because here we are. We're chatting, but I do have another one where I do individual, and it's book reviews. But I, I enjoy doing that, um, and that's been interesting. Never promoted it, never put it out there. I get about a thousand downloads a month now. It's just been uh, kind of interesting to watch it grow organically. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, I mean, a couple more questions for you. I did want to talk about your podcast sales transformation. Um, you know, so what, what do you cover on there? And, and obviously all <clears throat> things sales, is it, is it certain anybody, anybody from different walks of life coming on? Yeah. Anybody in sales really can tune in, whether they're individual contributor, sales leader. Um, we have a pretty you know broad spectrum of things that we cover and talk about. 
we drop five episodes a week. So it's called Sales Transformation. And so it used to be Sales Hustle. And, uh, and it's interesting because, you know, being a podcast agency, um, we have a very detailed process when we launch a new show. And for mine, we didn't follow any of it. We're just like, hey, here's a cool name. Uh, here's the intro outro. I've already got my first couple of guests and let's go. And so eventually at one point we were kind of thinking through Chris and I, my, my business partner, we're like, let's, you know, uh, let's change things up a little bit and let's kind of, you know, kind of close out season one and launch season two. And he's like, well, let's take you through our normal, what we call our boot, you know, boot camp process. Right. So we like to say we have the this launch, right? We take basically when somebody wants to start a show, we do a deep dive three hour session and like episode one is live after that. And we make all the creative decisions. Uh, so like, let's take you through our normal process. And at the end of it, we decided we were changing the name. And um, so the, the, you know, the thing there is kind of, it's like more close to my own personal experience, you know, just personally and professionally um, and really just highlighting like sort of transformations of salespeople, right? Um, you know, whether they're going from, you know, selling Cutco to, you know, a CRO, whether they're going from, you know, being dirt poor to, you know, starting a company and exiting, like just a broad spectrum of things. Um, and so we drop five episodes a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we do interviews. And then I do solo episodes, uh, kind of a solo act, just uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, so yeah, you can check it out on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. You can also just go to sales transformation.fm as well. Now, I love I love the name and you are right. I think that if you do sales right and you stay at it long enough, like anything, um, yeah. you know, I, I, it's important. I think to always work with a sense of urgency, but um, just having some patience. It's like, for me, the same as you, I did lower middle class. My first year of college, I made $34,000. And then, you know, to be able to say that I 10 X my income because of sales, has been pretty life-changing. And I know for, it sounds like for you going from, um, you know, what you went through to now, you know, having a multi-million dollar businesses, you've had several, uh, it's life-changing, you know, all, yeah. all, all through sales, it transformed everything that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's in, in a lot of people in sales have, have you know similar stories, you know, different, some, you know, bigger, smaller transformations and everything in between. So, um, it's, it's a lot of fun and, um, check it out. So, yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I'll put, post that in the show notes. Everybody listening to watch this on YouTube or your, whatever platform, uh, you're on, you can scroll down and uh, link up and follow Collins podcast, check out his community as well. If you're someone's interested in starting a podcast, I would definitely recommend, or you have one actively going and you're frustrated with it. Um, because he will help you. Obviously, he's done it well. He's helping 40 different people uh, right now. Um, Colin, do you have any parting words, advice for salespeople or podcasters out there alike? Ah, uh, I mean, if you're in sales, check out the podcast, salestransformation.fm. Um, if you have podcasts, think about starting a podcast, want to guest on podcasts, check out salescast.community. Um, I'd love to have you back kind of with the new the new new format, new style. Um, so you guys can tune in and look forward to, uh, to, um, you know, uh, you coming back on my show and, you know, be a little bit of a, a, a different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we'll, we'll chat off on about some of the other stuff that we've both got going on, but, uh, Colin, man, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Um, I was, ho I was hopeful to be out there in a couple of weeks, but we're, we're going to end up going to San Antonio instead, instead of California, but I, mi uh, I miss, I miss home. Um, and it's, it's always good to see you. Uh, appreciate everything you're doing for the community. Thanks.